Welcome back to the Scribes Journal. I am your host, the Scribe of Worlds, and I am joined once again, as always, by... Hello, it's the Violet Author. Thank so you. we have, this is our first episode post uh, NaNoWriMo. However, we are going to hold off on talking about Violet's NaNoWriMo progress and how, how everything ended up for her because we are hosting a live stream on December 5th with all of our NaNoWriMo guests. And we're going to kind of recap with them how their month went, you know, some of the challenges that they faced and how they overcame them. And we are going to have not one, but two free book giveaways from the authors that we hosted. Uh, so we're really excited about that. That is going to be December 5th. It's a Tuesday at 7.30 p.m. Uh, live stream to the Scribe of Worlds YouTube channel. So go ahead and follow that. Like and subscribe, as the kids are saying. Very exciting. I'm going to put my own name in that draw, by the way. I'm going to put my own name in that draw because I really want that. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know if we're allowed to, but we'll figure out those rules and tweak them as needed so we can do whatever we want uh, when the time right, comes. Right, right, But like <laughs> on the down low, but on the down low, I'm totally putting my name in that draw. I'm joking. I'm joking. But no, seriously, it's it's a very exciting event, and I'm so pumped that this is happening. Yes, yes, we are. We all are. I am especially because, you know, how often do you get to have not only a published author, but a newly published author sharing a book with you for the first time? So yeah, make sure you tune in for that, and we'll give you more details on how you can be entered into that. But the most important thing is to be in attendance. So anyway. Yeah. You know, if I, had a, is... if I had a nickel for every time that we had a published author author on our podcast i'd have two nickels which isn't much but it's weird that it happened twice it's exactly uh actually it's not just it's not just weird it's incredible it's great it's great it's, it's very yeah. exciting so coming Sorry. back to today we realize that we are into december and people are probably looking for christmas content however we are going to take a pause on that because we kind of need to get our old creative juices flowing so we're going back to the old format of spinning some wheels and trying to make a story out of a random idea mm -hmm. so <laughs> i've missed this i've missed this i'll be honest getting back into the the creativeness of a new project that's always something that i enjoy doing so I'm, I'm actually super excited for this yeah and and many writing sessions like this are really helpful because they get you to start thinking get stuff flowing and and help br break you out of writer's block if you are you know trying to work on one specific project having a time where you just figure out ideas for stuff can really help you to to get past writer's block so if that's something that you've been struggling with try these kinds of things with us so Let's see here. I think I have the first wheel. Is that correct? You do. Do you have the you have the category wheel? Yes. Perfect. So if you are new to this podcast and this is the first time you're hearing us talk about spinning wheels and plots and stuff, what we are going to do is we have a list of random plot ideas gathered from the internet, our own demented brains, and our demented friends. And we're going to spin that wheel and try to make a plot out of this random idea. Um, now, later on, we are going to probably spin a second wheel called Rut Row Raggy, which is a twist, a diabolical twist that Violet has come up with that we <laughs> yeah. have to somehow work into the story that we are already building. So without further ado, I'm going to spin the first wheel, which is our plot picker. And here we go. Ooh. Oh, oh okay. Oh, what, okay. What? So this one, this one, this one will be interesting. Dystopian Charlie Brown. Oh, shoot. 
I remember. This is one that Scribe sent me at like 2 a.m. on a Tuesday where he was like, look at this cool art. And I was like, what's this dude doing? And he was like, no, 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 Violet. It's a thing. You know this thing. And I was like, mm, I don't know if I know it. And then I realized I knew it. That's a lot of explanation to say. Yes, I'm excited for this one. I am a post-apocalyptic nerd. Uh, one of my favorite pastimes is to ask everybody what they would do if a zombie apocalypse happened here and now and ask them to like pick a weapon in the room. What would you do? This is exciting. Happiness. Joy. Yeah, so this is based off of a fan art picture that I saw on some random website somewhere. It was Facebook, but anyway. It Facebook. And it was, it was this like old, tired man was bald and wearing a yellow shirt with a black stripe on it and by his side he had like a trusty black and white dog and if you know anything about the comic strip peanuts that is the garb of charlie brown so this was implying that charlie brown had been stuck in some kind of post-apocalyptic dystopian world and was trying to survive with uh, his dog snoopy so <laughs> mm -hmm. Let's jump in. The one thing I will say, though, is I am setting a timer for 15 minutes from now, uh, and that is real time, oh, not oh, podcast oh, time, oh, at which right. point we will roll Rot Row Raggy and see what kind of twist we have to throw into the monkey works. That is not how that, explanation that cliche goes. Of, yeah, you're good. And an explanation of Rot Row Raggy uh, is I'm I a neurodivergent chaotic gremlin. Good luck. I, you did? Man, wow. I, I must did. have... Yeah. I, I literally, I have zero recollection of that. I must have zoned so flipping hard. Whoa, we're doing great today. The Rut Row Raggy timer has been started, so let's roll. So uh, first off, I'm thinking the characters of Peanuts, which you've already started for us. So we have Snoopy, who is Charlie Brown's dog. He is a beagle. Woodstock, who is a small yellow bird that is Snoopy's best friend and sidekick. Obviously, we have Charlie Brown and his and his friend group. They include Linus Van Pelt, uh, his best friend. He's very philosophical and always carries a security blanket that is baby blue. Linus's older sister, Lucy, who bullies Charlie Brown and has a crush on Schroeder. Now, Schroeder has no other name. He is just known as Schroeder. He is a piano-playing prodigy who is obsessed specifically with Beethoven and hates Lucy's advances. Other characters that appear are Sally Brown, which is Charlie's younger sister. Uh, she is naive and has a crush on Linus. Uh, and then Peppin Patty, who is a tomboyish and athletic girl who often call calls Charlie Brown Chuck. Peppermint Patty has a best friend whose name I can't remember. There is also oh, there yeah, are also like other smaller characters. There is Frida with the naturally pen. curly hair. Oh, I love Pigpen. Pigpen Pig is the boy who is perpetually dirty and shedding shedding dirt. Let's see. Yeah, I think I think that's it for the main crew. Then yeah, there's I don't think there's anything else. There's a there is, like... there is, there is one more. I just can't remember oh. his name, so I'm looking it up. Uh, her best friend's name is Marcy. Okay, so then the other one is actually there's a couple other ones. There's Franklin, who is the African American boy in town. There's Shermie, who I don't think he has. I think he's just another another kid. And then Violet, who is another yeah. like long running just member of the friend group. Um, oh. Oh, they have a violet. That's they do funny. have a violet. She's she's like the kind of beige female character. She's like Sally. I think she's just Sally's friend and kind of like another 
protagonist slash antagonist. There's also, and I think this might be where we want to start, the little red-haired girl. Yeah. Very rarely shows up, but Charlie Brown has a huge crush on her. So real quick, uh, other things that happen in Peanuts that I think we have to, to throw in here. We have the classic Charlie Brown trying to fly a kite. We have Charlie Brown and Lucy trying to play football Pick and Lucy football. pulling the, that's what I meant to say, pull the football away. What's some other things? Yeah, I think think those that's that's where we can start the fact that one of these kids is named violet is super funny to me i never knew that it is really funny i haven't i haven't found one that's scribe but maybe someday i i can't imagine why <laughs> okay so those are our characters which ones do we want to keep in here as major character i think our main character is charlie brown and snoopy because that's yeah. what the picture was right mm -hmm. is this a retelling of the world where like the comic strip plot lines play out but in a dystopian post-apocalyptic world or is this like they have all grown up and faced nuclear winter and now like these kids who used to be playful fun loving philosophical whatever are now thrown into this terrible new world like what, yeah, what are we I like thinking that. i like that a little more um I, I like the idea of they've been surviving in this place for a little bit now like this isn't their initial reactions this is a group of like broken down teenager adults who have managed to find some ways to survive but like i'm saying it right now okay one of my favorite things about lucy is the fact that she pretends to be a psychiatrist in order to get the goss the hot goss the tea which i respect i would love personally if we had lucy be utterly insane in this who believes that she went to college for psychiatry and gives like terrifying deadly advice that should never be followed because she's lost her mind because of the apocalyptic wasteland i would just love that as a character arc myself but that's just because i'm a strange twisted individual okay i i like where you're going with that okay so here's here's my thought charlie brown grown up snoopy obviously like would not have normally lasted this long so i think snoopy has gone has undergone some kind of genetic change like it is now a genetically altered beagle and it's still Snoopy, the dog that we know and love. But I think there's some... So that, I think, should play into the kind of dystopian world that we're playing with. I think that's the other question. What kind of apocalypse do we want to happen? I like nuclear. You said nuclear, nuclear apocalyptic wasteland. I'm picturing, like, the kind of apocalypse that Five went through in the Umbrella Academy, which... If you, sure. as the audience, did not know, Scribe and I are obsessed with the Umbrella Academy. Well, I'm, I'm not obsessed. You're not obsessed. I'm obsessed with the Umbrella Academy. Uh, <laughs> but Scribe and I both like it. And uh, that's one of my favorite characters. It's okay. Five. So, so here's, my, here's my thought. Peanuts originally is in like the 1960s, 1970s. And like, mm -hmm. for example, there's one strip where it starts snowing and Linus freaks out because he thinks it's fallout, like the nuclear fallout. Mm -hmm. It might also be financial fallout. To be completely honest, I'm not sure which way we were going with that. But so that's my thought. Like in this alternate universe, the there really was a nuclear war at the end of the Cold War. And now our favorite Peanuts characters are kind of in, I think it's several years after that, are kind of like yeah. making their own way. So my thought would be 
like you said, Lucy went to school for psychiatry and now is like giving really bad advice. But I think, you know, she's power hungry, right? So I think she controls the either like the remains of the town, whether it's the town that they grew up in or like a town. She controls something, but she's kind of like a crazy, terrifying queen who maybe she calls herself like the psychiatrist or like, you know, come to this town and we will cure your your issues or whatever. Okay. I think Charlie Brown, he's always kind of been the social outcast. So I think he pulls into that a little bit more and kind of like is removed from the actual like societies and kind of wanders from town to town, just trying to find a place to fit in. Because that's Charlie Brown's whole motivation, right? And so he like, he doesn't feel like he fits in to Lucy Town, even though like he still goes to her for advice because he doesn't know where else to go. Mm -hmm. But yeah. It's kind of our start. Lucy is controlling this town and Charlie Brown. Maybe we start the story with Charlie Brown, like coming back to the town after being gone for a little bit to get advice from his old friend or something. I would love if we had his kite. He's found a way to turn his kite into some kind of energy device. Like he's like it, it char uses wind power to charge. And maybe like okay. Lucy's trying to find a way to steal that from him by okay. convincing him to kick a football that has a grenade in it so he'll blow up and she can take the credit. But that's just like a wild little side plot idea that I came up with. So so actually my idea for the football is have you ever heard the term the football from like spy movies? Uh, nuclear codes? Yeah, like nuclear codes or like the black the black briefcase that you can't. Yeah. So my thought is that maybe one of the other kids is like working for the government and asks Charlie Brown, who's this well-known traveler and wanderer, to take the quote-unquote football from one place to another. And so that's kind of like a little nod and homage to the football scene of before, but now instead of like an actual football, it's a metaphysical football. I don't know what it is, whether it's launch codes or like the big red button, but yeah. I like that. A big, big, big ton. Uh, I'd say Linus, first off. I think that out of everyone here, that would be because he had a security blanket. So I feel like it'd be funny if he actually went into like the security. <laughs> security. And that's was, so funny. He security. But he like, oh, I think it'd be funny. Uh, but I think maybe Charlie was tasked by because because Charlie's got Snoopy. I don't feel like anyone else mm -hmm. in this town can do. I feel like Snoopy's become a bit of a creature unto his own. Perhaps maybe a little bit of a monstrous uh fallout type of transformation so like they say charlie brown maybe you're welcome in the town but your dog is or whatever that thing is <laughs> is not yeah yeah okay. um but also because he's got snoopy maybe charlie brown has a little bit of an advantage yes he's the outcast but he's the outcast in a transportation way maybe as a way of like a messenger or like a package deliverer he's able to traverse the wasteland better than others so he never feels like he sure. fits in everywhere but everyone still uses him to transport stuff so i like your idea of him coming back to lucy town what if he was coming to linus either to pick up the football or drop off the football and while he's there it's a first person dialogue of him like narrating his old town and returning to where he grew up and like how much it's changed i love that i think what should happen i think the plot of this book we should make everything about the football so he's bringing the football to Linus and Lucy ends up wanting to steal it because she wants that power. And mm -hmm. so again, it's that same sort of thing where he is trying to 
keep the football and do the thing with the football and she is trying to pull the football away and i think the way we should write it is that we never mention we never call it the football necessarily oh no oh yes ladies and gentlemen it's time for Peggy, the part of the show where I cause absolute chaos by by uh, spinning my little secret wheel, little secret wheel that Scribe knows nothing about. And so I'm I'm gonna. Are you ready for this? Are you ready? Yes, yes. I'm ready. I know I'm ready. I'm. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! Oh, I'm very excited. Oh, I'm very excited, Scribe. This one's fun. This was a fun one. This one is. Uh, I'm just gonna put it in here real quick. The prompt is. Oh my gosh, you're dating my dad? Oh no. Oh boy. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, so the words that were literally about to come out of my mouth before Rabbi Raggy was, what if all of the adults are dead? So first the adults aren't dead. And what if Lucy, in order to gain power in this town, what like if she's is going, but keep talking. What if she's Charlie Brown's new stepmom? Oh, they're just dating. So gross. Oh, they're dating. Soon to be. Soon to be stepmom. Sure. She's ex- she's expecting a ring. So she's maybe she's got a little ring, a little a little tinfoil ring. Um, so I think maybe most of the the adults are dead or have died out by now. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Okay. And then I think Sally is totally on board with this, and she's like, oh, Lucy's going to be like such a great mom, like. And Charlie Brown's like, no, she's not. She's a psycho. I don't think Charlie Brown at first realizes that Lucy is as crazy as she really is. So I think we want to like start it off with oh, her yeah. being her, up to that. her usual like manipulative whatever self and Charlie Brown being his usual kind of naive like now now in more of a mountain man like I don't remember the ways of the world kind of thing. Mm-hmm. but still like my friend wouldn't do that kind of thing and then as it goes on he realizes oh my gosh like she actually is a psycho and we should throw a plot twist with with linus in there too somewhere like maybe the person he's been talking to isn't actually linus but it's a, a body double that she created in order to get the football from him or something like that i don't know interesting very interesting okay so to, to recap this beginning charlie brown has taken up the job of transportation man we'll say the middleman maybe we call him the middleman bringing packages and letters and correspondences to and from these wasteland towns which he can do because he has snoopy his greatest best friend who has been changed by the nuclear uh, wasteland so much that he now resembles some kind of dog-esque monstrosity uh, charlie brown has been tasked with bringing the football uh to linus van pelt leader of of current national security. Uh, unfortunately, Linus is currently residing in his old hometown, which has been renamed to Lucy Town because Lucy has taken over as, we'll call it mayor, but really some people will call her a dictator. Um, however, she got her power was not mentioned at the beginning, but she is currently dating Charlie, Down, Charlie Brown's dad. Lucy wants the football. Oh, she wants it oh so bad. She is willing to do whatever it takes to get that the the basically the key to humanity's survival uh, in her hands because whoever owns the football. Yeah, I think yeah. I was just gonna say I think we shouldn't ever say what's contained in it. Okay. But that suspense is like is is what makes it so mysterious. And maybe it's something really stupid. Maybe maybe it's Linus's blanket. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh that's literally all it is <laughs> maybe the end is just they open up the football and 
Linus gets to hold his beloved blanket again, and One Charlie last time Brown before wonders. He dies. Yeah, and then he holds the blanket close to his chest as he flips the switch on the final nuclear launch codes and watches the world burn. Look at that. We will. Honestly. We will hold that idea that that it's nothing special that it's actually just like the blanket mm -hmm. as a possibility but yeah so i think so the beginning opens with charlie brown coming back into lucy town and carrying this package so where does the drama start like what's what's some other roles that probably people have taken in this town you know first of all i think maybe lucy has forced schroeder to be think think of him like the jest like the court jester where he just like is forced to play music all the time because he will never truly love her he is forced to remain in a place where she can like observe and love him always she just keeps him around as an object and not necessarily as potential husband thing well, I mean, she's got she's got a potential husband. Let's be honest, but um, it's true. I don't know if you yeah, like tell that, me if this is but... yeah. Tell me if this is too dark. Zombified Schrodinger that's literally held in like a giant bird cage, and then she like tasers the cage when she wants him to play, like Five Nights at Freddy's esque inspiration. But also, I know I get too dark. So tell me if that's too dark. I think making it a little bit more subtle, but that I I like that idea. Like maybe Charlie Brown walks in and there's music playing. He looks over and he sees Schroeder and he like gives Schroeder a smile and Schroeder doesn't smile. Uh, at some point he sees like massive chains on his wrists and his hands are literally like chained to a rack that can only move up and down the keys. And if he like stops playing, there's electrical shocks that like run through him. Um, He's got Snoopy's old dog collar on, bark collar. Yeah, exactly. Dang, um, we, what, we, therapy, therapy, both of us, therapy right now. But, but not <laughs> therapy with right now. Lucy. Oh, or, absolutely or we could, Lucy. or we could say, learn so much from Lucy. What, what about this? What about this? What about this? <laughs> he has, he has willingly let himself be this gesture type you know entertainer type Ooh, uh, he's like he's person like into it no 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 no. because he's trying to get an inside into the palace to take down lucy town from the inside oh my gosh he's an inside man he's working for linus him and linus are working together but but we said that linus is probably a prisoner didn't we yeah okay so maybe maybe schroeder's whole thing is that he's trying to get linus out Ooh. okay yeah okay sure okay. so he's but an inside still, man so... he's working for yeah i like that I like it. I like that. I like it a lot. I think Sally's just brainwashed. I think she's just, you know, happy-go-lucky. I'm going to get a new mom and everything is great because she's kept in like a gilded cage and doesn't see the real devastation of the outside. Mm -hmm. Who else do we have? Uh, Peppermint Patty. I think she's the guard because she's the super athletic one. So I think yeah. she's on the like personal security detail for Lucy Town, like maybe head of mm -hmm. police or something. And I think she's the character... You know how, how movies have that situation of like, is the guard going to let them go or not? I think it's Peppermint Patty. Yeah, I like it. Peppermint Patty was always a favorite for me growing up. I just felt like yeah. uh, she got me. I feel like she got me a lot. So I, I'm I'm definitely a huge fan of that. I'm going to say for sure, for sure. I think cameos of Franklin, Shermie, Violet, and Marcy would be really good. But I don't think they're characters that we really have to dive into. Yeah. I think the little redhead girl, mm -hmm. and maybe she's just called like, red in this you know grizzled charlie brown just calls her red is like his former flame and or like current love interest i think though that we should twist it and say that she betrays him Ooh, 
And that she's working in tandem with Lucy to keep control. Yeah, I like that. I think I think that Lucy knows that the little redhead girl is definitely his weakness. And so she's going to be maybe even a trap. I think that's a great idea. So Linus does come out, but he's a body double, right? Or like a clone or something. Do we want to go that way? Or like Linus just can't be found. So it starts as a mystery of like, where's Linus? Yeah, he can't. He has to deliver the package directly to his person or the job is not complete in, in Charlie Brown's mind. So maybe Lucy is trying to convince him at first, like, no, just leave it with me. Like, I'll get it to him. It's fine. And he's like, no, no, I won't be, I won't be doing that. Sure. I like that. This is going to be fun. Uh, also, how do you feel about first person Charlie Brown for the story? I could, I could go I third person. Love, I would love the internal monologue. Yeah, I, I could I could go for first person, but I would want dual POV because like Snoopy has really great quips. Okay, so what I was thinking for Snoopy is that he's like been transformed to the point where he's like single words once in a while, disfigured and also like kind of cloudy from all of the radiation that he's gotten where he's not as lucid as he used to by any means. And the reason why okay. he's Charlie Brown's biggest asset is because Charlie Brown's the only one that can control him. And, and Woodstock. But I think Woodstock is gotcha. dead and they just stuffed his body with cotton balls and uses it to like calm down Snoopy whenever Snoopy's mad. Oh, that's funny. I, I actually, so my thought with that was that Woodstock wasn't dead only because like maybe they think he's dead or whatever, but Woodstock isn't dead and Charlie Brown comes across him when he's in prison and they can't get out, but they can make a hole big enough for Woodstock to get out. And so Charlie Brown is like, Woodstock, go find Snoopy and bring him back here. And then you would have a chapter of like Woodstock because Woodstock is a very forgetful, uh, ditzy blonde, if you will. Love it. Very and, relatable. And so he's like bobbling around town trying to remember like what what's he doing? And he's like, oh, look, there's food. I haven't eaten in so long. Wait, no, there's someone I'm supposed to find. I think I'm supposed to find a friend, I, a friend like uh, uh, what's his name? What's his name? Oh, um, 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 uh, Loopy. No, no, I'm the one that's Loopy. Oh, look, there's food. And then we love, finally we love he's like, oh, I have to go find King. Yeah. <laughs> no, I was definitely going super dark on it and thinking that like Woodstock died and they just stuffed his body with like a mo like some kind of motor that would like move it and then they attached it to a string and will like move it around in the air like it's Woodstock flying around to keep Snoopy from like killing someone when he's super super mad. I mean, we can do that. I I still would like I feel like it'd be a fun thing to have Woodstock have to go out and find Snoopy just because that's that would be the end to get Snoopy to come into town to be like the Calvary. Yeah, we love a good Calvary moment. Yeah. So I think this I think that's this set for the beginning. So from there, where do we want to go? Like what I guess I guess, you know, a couple questions like how do we want this to end? How do we want to get there? I kind of want to start hurrying through this yeah, just because we spent so much uh, time I, kind of establishing the world. To be fair, though, we had a lot. There's a lot of characters that we had to work with uh, to fill these gaps. So we, we were this working with more than we normally do. This is true. So I think what happens is in the in the B middle. So obviously, like Charlie Brown has been approached a couple times by Lucy to just be like, "Oh, well, just give it to me, and I'll give him. I'll give it to Linus when he gets back from you know this undisclosed mission that I'm not allowed to tell you about or whatever." And Charlie Brown's like, "No, I can't do that. That's not right." I think that night he gets visited by two people. One of them being Schroeder, and one of them being the little redhead girl. And I don't know which one is which, but the redhead girl is like you know just catching up with life. Um, I think she comes first, but kind of like talking about life and where he's been, what he's seen. And then Schroeder comes in and says, this city is not what it seems. Everything's wrong. 
and Linus is in jail. I, I think that Schroeder should be first. And then the little redhead girl is Lucy's way of trying to lure him back into a false sense of security. Oh, sure. And maybe, maybe, maybe what happens is so like Schroeder comes in and they have this conversation and Charlie Brown's like, I, you know, I don't know, like, are you sure you're okay? Maybe you should get some psychiatric help. And Schroeder's like, no, no, they tried that. They tried that. And 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 for, for five cents, I got two cents back. Then let me tell you, it wasn't worth the cent. Mm-hmm. Um, or something like that. And so Charlie Brown, and he's like, I think you should go. And as he kind of like ushers him to the door, the little redhead girl comes in. And she's surprised to see Schroeder there. And Schroeder's just like, oh, we were, we were just catching up, you know, and like hurries away. Uh, and so mm-hmm. they're just catching up on life. And maybe they decide to like walk through the town and see the old sites, visit the old school or whatever. And I think while they're out and about, maybe they see one of the guard details like Violet or Marcy is in it picking Schroeder up, like arresting him. And maybe that's the thing that kind of sets his dystopian senses buzzing. I like it up until I think that maybe the thing that makes him lose it a little bit. I don't think that maybe Schroeder would be getting arrested, but even if it's just like... Charlie Brown sees these like rings on Schrodinger's wrist and then hears Schrodinger screaming like, no, no, please, not the music, anything but the music. And then like, he's like, what's that? And then Red brushes it off. And then like 20 minutes later, he starts hearing music being played from Lucy's place. And maybe that directs him directly to Lucy. Maybe. Maybe he doesn't, there's any doesn't see it, but I like that concept of like creepy, eerie, classical music being played to learn, to like, bring him to where the problem child really is the the only thing is that like because schroeder is doing it willingly the having having him like scream like no not the music not now or whatever doesn't make sense Mm -hmm. but maybe there's just like bits of words and he can tell it's schroeder's voice he doesn't quite know what's being said but then he hears like the classical music being played so yeah so that's the be middle where he's kind of like figured out that something's not quite right. I think what we want to do now is rising action and then climax and then conclusion or the middle and mid end and end. Okay. I think that's a good idea. Okay, cool. So I think, I think the next events kind of take place. I think all of these events probably could take place over a couple of days um, just to really like draw out the book a bit more, but events quickly. So he... He starts to investigate and like try and figure out basically like what's going on here. And yeah, so I think I think he starts to investigate what's really going on in Lucy Town. And I think Schroeder helps him along with that. I think he like on the next break or whatever, like he finds Schroeder this time and he says, Okay, tell me what's going on here. So Schroeder like tells him how Linus was taken off the streets and everyone was told not to say anything about it. Or like, you know, we all just pretended like it didn't happen. Um, just like we mm-hmm. pretended when, you know, this person was taken. Just like and we this pretended was it was taken. legal that Lucy and your father could be dating. Exactly. And so, so they decide to go in and free Linus because their thought is Linus is the smartest of all of us. And if we can get the football to him, then he can solve this mess, whether it's blowing up the town or if it's like, you know, a place of... I kind of picture Charlie Brown as a bit of an apathetic individual when it comes to this. Maybe, maybe he's like, yeah, this sucks, but everything sucks. I've seen some things. And like, at this point, I only care because Linus 
I have to find Linus in order to complete my mission. And maybe he's like struggling with trying to not feel connected. Because I feel like mm. I, I don't. He's divorced I feel like himself gets, from yeah, this friend group. Yeah, he's divorced himself from this. Just like his dad divorced himself from his mom so he could date a teenager. I think his mom is dead. I'm just putting that out there. Yeah, I agree. I, I do. I do agree. I think that makes sense. Okay, so so we have a traumatized Charlie Brown who has been separated from the group for so long that he's like, I don't actually care what happens to any of you. Like, go ahead, mm -hmm. get with my dad, see if I care. Go ahead, destroy the town, see if I care. And yeah. I have a mission to do, and that's to deliver this briefcase to Linus Van Pelt. And so help me, if you're going to put an obstacle in my path, then I'm going to complete this job, and then I'll get out of your hair. And if you decide to steal it from Linus, that'll probably succeed, but you're not going to get it from me. Or something like that. I love it. I love it. That's perfect. I love it. Uh, also, quick note. What if uh, in the beginning we solidified that Snoopy can't come into the town by Peppermint Patty having an interaction being like, whoa, you're not bringing that thing in here. Yeah, that's great. I love that. Maybe they, maybe, uh, hmm. I'm think, thinking about so the I ice think... rink. I'm thinking about the ice rink and trying to figure out how we can incorporate the ice rink in somehow. Oh, oh, that's great. I think maybe they have to escape over the ice rink. Yeah. Uh, near okay. the mid-end, maybe? Sure. I think that's good. Oh, so, no. What's what in the middle? And then the mid-end is when they're captured. Sure. I want to throw the chitin here somewhere, too. So maybe, like, he's trying to investigate and he has, like, a remote-controlled kite or something? I don't know. No, I like it. I think maybe, like, he has a remote-controlled drone, but the, there's there was difficult... It was broken. And so he modified it by adding kite parts, and he calls it the kite. Maybe it does get into Lucy's office, but then it malfunctions and she sees it and alerts her to the fact that there's people trying to find them. Then they try to escape over the ice and she ends up capturing oh, them. Sure, 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 sure. And maybe the joke is like, I can never get that thing to work. Right. So I think what happens is they're brought in and they're captured, right? And Peppermint Patty thinks that Charlie Brown and Schroeder have been brought in because they, like, you know, try to spy on the mayor's office. And she thinks, like, we'll question them, we'll figure this out, and they'll get released. And then all of a sudden, she gets orders to execute both of them. And Charlie Brown doesn't have the football on him. Like, he stashed it away before they left or whatever. But, like, and find out where Charlie Brown left the football. And so now Peppermint Patty has to, has to make her decision. Do I let them go? Or do I torture them and do what my boss tells me? Interesting. And I think she definitely caves in the end. And is like, I, I think what, what do she does. Oh, really? Is that what you think? Mm, dang, it's tough. It's tough. I, I want her to have a redemption arc moment, but also I feel like it'd be too easy for them. I think, I mean, that's fair. I think maybe she quote unquote goes through with it, but sends a message maybe through like the Woodstock puppet drone thing to Snoopy to come in. So she's like, I will make this torture last as long as possible because she knows Charlie Brown can take a lot. She's like, I will make this torture last as long as possible so that Snoopy has time to come in and save them because I can't save them. Mm -hmm. I think, I think she, I think she does quote unquote cave and says like, okay, I'll do it. But she's saying I'll do it because at this point, the only thing I know how to do is inflict pain and I'm not a saver. I'm a breaker. And so I will I will save you by breaking you and let your dog, the true hero of the story that we all we all know is the true hero, uh, to yes. come in and actually do the saving. Interesting. Perfect. And then we can have stuffed woodstock. Yeah. Stuffed woodstock. Stuffed woodstock. Man, therapy. Therapy for both of us after this. What the heck? <laughs> okay. And then during this time, they also uh, are placed with 
Aquinas, I think. Mm -hmm. I think he's surprised to see like Charlie Brown here. He's like, what are you doing yeah. here, Charlie Brown? Yeah, I love that. So this is our like, this is darkest hour. And I think, <laughs> again, I'm saying this because we will both need therapy after this. Yes. But I think like this is the scene where it's the absolute worst of like Peppermint Patty is in the process of torturing Charlie Brown when the wall like caves in and Snoopy in all of his mangled and muddy glory is just like snarling. And I think he instinctively like knocks her aside and frees Charlie Brown. And because I think what happens is like Peppermint Patty gets knocked to the side. And so Charlie Brown is freed. Um, and I think he does run over and like maybe that's the moment of him realizing you you were doing your best to save me and you don't deserve to die but i don't know if i can save you and he realizes like i actually have something that i want to fight for that's not just completing a mission yeah i think i think he does you know whether whether it's love or like just that kinship of someone who's willing to do something because charlie brown's done horrible horrible things right Peppermint Patty is someone who has just done this horrible, horrible thing of torturing one of their childhood best friends in order to not let the other two be killed. Like she said, let's not do the whole psychological torturing. Like Charlie Brown doesn't care about us. If we shoot these two people in the head, he's not going to flinch. But you know what oh. will make him flinch is if I torture his body. Like if I actually, if I, if I put a knife to his skin and a red hot poker to his back, Charlie Brown will talk, but he won't talk if you just shoot the other people. So she's like, let them see him in pain and maybe they'll give up their secrets because they're softer. And so she does the hard thing of like torturing Charlie Brown, one of her childhood best friends, in order to prolong it just long enough for Snoopy to get in. I like that. I like that a lot. Dang. I um, really like Peppermint Patty's character. Me too. I'm glad that we're giving her the justice that she deserves. Because I, I always loved her. I thought it felt like I got, I, she she got me. I'm happy about this. Cool. So I think from there, so I think, I think Lucy is there watching. I think, I think we should leave it open-ended where she escapes and maybe she takes Sally with her and some of the other people. But like she escapes and they know that she's out there like regrouping but schroeder linus snoopy and peppermint patty are together and are like ready to take that on she also takes his dad so that's gonna yeah, be rough yeah. okay oh i mean yeah do you think that that would be enough of a drive like what's his new his new drive is now like we're gonna build this place up from a bat from the from the ground again we're gonna try and be a, a community again and i'm not going anywhere now yeah yeah i think i think he's like he looks at snoopy and looks back at everyone else and he says as long as you'll keep us we'll stay yeah i think the security blanket has been made into some kind of like kevlar type vest or clothing accoutrement i think that's what the the football was I kind of like the concept that we never actually reveal what was in the football. Epilogue. Epilogue. It ends with them opening. It doesn't say what it is. And so... Yep, like, I like that. And I think I, like I think the epilogue is the first time it is referenced as the football. Linus is like looking at it. And he's like, you know, in the olden days, you know, they, they would call this thing the football. And then he kind of looks up and grins. He's like, so I guess it's kind of funny that my sister tried to get it from you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and Charlie Brown says, I didn't really see his twisted logic. But or I I saw his twisted logic and humor, but I ignored it. <laughs> How do we feel about this? Do we like the ending? 
I do. I like leaving it open for a sequel. And I think we can come back to it and do a sequel. Because, yeah, I, I feel good about this. Like, last minute Calvary save, but the war isn't won, you know? Mm -hmm. And yeah. maybe, like, just before Snoopy comes through, Peppermint Patty has a breakthrough and, like, she realizes that Lucy is just about to to go through with executing one of the other two or even, like, killing Charlie Brown and just searching the city until they find the football. When And she, like, turns around and throws something and hits Sally instead of Lucy. And so, like, there's also that that danger of, like, Lucy has Sally, but Sally's hurt and could be dying, which could also mm -hmm. spur on the drama of the sequel. I like that a lot. Cool. Well, that's Charlie Brown dystopian. Wild. Are we ready to do a recap? <laughs> we always, we always yeah. do a recap. Yes. No, we, we do. I think, yeah, we're ready. Let's do it. And with that, folks, we have our, what I have put forward as a concept title, You're a Broken Man, Charlie Brown. <laughs> oh that's Deal. so funny that's Thanks. so funny all right and now a dramatic reading of you're a broken man charlie brown the apocalypse has changed a lot for charlie brown he wouldn't consider himself a good man anymore not a good man but a businessman absolutely charlie brown is mentally divorced from his hometown in this nuclear wasteland after a 1970s cold war ended in nuclear disaster. He has become a wanderer, floating from village to village, delivering packages and supplies with his mutated dog, Snoopy. He finds himself on a task to come back to his hometown to deliver a package to Linus Van Pelt. On his way in, Peppermint Patty, or Pep, meets him at the gate and stops Snoopy from coming in. Upon entering the town, he finds that, as he remembers, Lucy still runs the show, but now she's the uh, mayoral dictator, psychiatrist to all, and friend to few. She also is dating Charlie Brown's father. <laughs> You're dating my dad? You too are a broken man, Mr. Brown. As he wanders through the town, he finds the rest of his old friends. For example, Schroeder is playing the piano for entertainment in the mayor's office. And Peppermint Patty, or Pep as she's known, is the chief of police. Sally, his little sister, is unaware of the rest of the world's issues. And his dad is dating Lucy. And Linus is nowhere to be found. During his travels throughout Lucy Town, uh, Charlie Brown interacts with Schroeder, who seems to have really started to lose it. Schroeder tries to explain exactly how bad Lucy Town has become, but Charlie Brown becomes concerned for his mental health and asks Schroeder to return to therapy, which only seems to make things worse, as Schroeder insists that, trust me, the therapy doesn't work. None of it ever works. Nothing ever works in our favor in this town. <laughs> As Schroeder begins to leave, Little Red, familiar face from Charlie Brown's past, uh, appears out of nowhere. And this seems to be really excited to see Charlie Brown once again. She and him go on a tour of the town, reconnect, and Charlie begins to feel a, a sense of comfort until he hears the protests of Schroeder in the distance, followed soon after by the sounds of eerie piano music coming from the town hall. Charlie Brown decides to investigate what's really going on here in Lucy Town and teams up with Schroeder. Schroeder explains that Linus was arrested days earlier, and the only way to complete the mission, which is to deliver the package to Linus, is to free him. 
So, begrudgingly, Charlie Brown decides to join this mission. Charlie Brown pulls out his drone, which is kind of dilapidated and looks a little bit more like a kite these days, uh, in order to sneak into the dungeons and find their friend. However, it malfunctions and is spotted by Lucy and her guards. Led by Pepper Peppermint Patty, the guards pursue Charlie Brown and Schroeder. They find them on the banks of a frozen river. The two try to escape. It doesn't go very well. You can see a Charlie Brown Christmas for more details. Our heroes have been captured. They were placed in the same cell as Linus, who's surprised to see Charlie Brown as he was unaware that he had a package incoming, although the package has yet to be described. Overhearing a conversation between Lucy and Peppermint Patty, uh, Charlie Brown hears her convincing Lucy not to use Charlie Brown's friends as a way to get him to talk through torturing and killing them, but instead tries to stall for time uh, for help to come by convincing Lucy that the best way to break Charlie Brown is to break him physically. Saying the sentence, if I put a knife through his skin and a red-hot poker through his back, Charlie Brown will talk. But if I shoot these people in the head, he won't give a damn. After convincing Lucy that this is the best way to move forward, she comes to Charlie Brown and states that she has sent notice to Snoopy through using the stuffed woodstock, hoping that he'll come in time. She states, I'm a breaker, not a savior. But maybe in breaking you, I can save you. Our story ends with Snoopy breaking through the wall and saving the day. But as he does so, he hits Peppermint Patty and she is thrown back, hurt badly. Charlie Brown, as soon as he is freed, rushes over, knowing that she has tried to save him by torturing him. And she calls him Chuck again. Charlie Brown realizes that he's done being neutral and being about finishing the mission. He wants to help those he calls friends. Lucy, standing there, observing, becomes the target of Snoopy's rage. However, she escapes and takes Sally, Mr. Brown, and a bunch of others with her. In the aftermath, Charlie looks at Snoopy and then looks at the other and says, If you'll have us, we'll stay. During the last scenes uh, of our story, Linus finally gets his moment to shine. Sitting back and now free from his cage, he looks at the box that charlie brown has brought with him and says you know back in my day we called these things the football so it's ironic that my sister was so dead set on getting this from you linus reaches over and undoes the clasps unlocking the box and opening it we don't get to see what's inside but rest assured the end has just begun i love it honestly I think this is solid. I like yeah, it's, it's, yeah. It feels a little bit disjointed, but I know that with a little bit of elbow grease, this could be like such a sick. Like this is something that you'd see coming out in theaters, like a revamping of your favorite franchise when you were little. That was fun. It's fun to be I back in the saddle, that. so to speak. It is. I'm glad that we're we're doing this again. It's nice. It's real nice. Yeah. All right. Well, so. Coming up this next Tuesday, make sure you jump in on our live stream on scribeofworlds.com. That is December 5th, Tuesday at uh, 7.30 p.m. Be there or mm -hmm. be square. And we definitely want you to be there. If you're listening to this after December 5th, my apologies. Uh, but you can go back and watch it. And I'm sure it was great. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure it was great. And if you're concerned about missing out on this great time uh, as a community together, uh, you can check out uh, our Instagrams for updates and reminders. Uh, my Instagram is at the Violet Author. I'm going to be posting some content on there soon that I'm really excited about. And Scribes is at Scribe of Worlds. 
Is it the Scribe of Worlds? I've said this so many times, you'd think oh. I'd remember. Gracious. At Scribe of yep. Worlds, he's now famous for his funky little reels, as a couple of them went super viral. And so go check those out and uh, spread the word, spread the wealth about all that. You can also check out Scribe's writing pieces on his website, uh, at Scribe of well, not at Scribe of Worlds. Gracious me. <laughs> um, on his website, scribeofworlds.com. Yabberworlds.com, yep. where he's got a bunch of content there. We've also got some stickers out there in the ether that we're working on right now. Uh, and that should be in one of our bios, the link to the Redbubble store. I'm really proud of that. I did the art for our spooky month uh, stickers, and we're little ghosts. It's us, but we're little ghosts, and I think it's adorable. Uh, so feel free to go check that out as well for our first official merch. If you like and want to be part of our podcast, feel free to drop name recommendations, genre recommendations, anything you want in the comments on the aforementioned Instagrams. Uh, and we use them. We 100% do. Our, one of our past guest stars can state that we we use the uh, the things that our readers leave us because readers, wow. I am an author, aren't I? The things that our listeners leave us to use. So, uh, yeah, I think I covered everything, Scribe. Did I forget anything? I do that sometimes. Nothing, nothing on that side of things. I would just add about the live stream. Uh, like I said, we were going to be hosting our three, four, if you count Violet, NaNoWriMo guests, as well as giving away two books from two authors. The first one being a poetry collection called Chronic Defiance by R.C. Lloyd. Uh, and the second one being a book from the Widom Chronicles by L.B. Pradan. Uh, and we're really excited about giving these away and and just sharing our love of these authors as writers and as people with you. So if you are fans of them, make sure you come and make sure you listen to the past episodes because that might give you an edge in the upcoming live stream. Um, mm -hmm. But that's all for now. So until next Tuesday or next Friday, depending on when you join us again, wander well. Bye.